I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I hope to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we are chatting about the impact of cloud on business. We're chatting about how cloud has evolved, the impact of the cloud on business, and take a glimpse into the future. By the end of, the, of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to use cloud in your business. I'm joined today by uh, JP Goff, uh, Executive Software, Cloud and Solutions at Mustic. JP, welcome. Thank you, Yaku. Good to be here. So uh, we always start the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so a um, bit of an adrenaline junkie. Um, I love mountain climbing, <laughs> hiking, motocross, okay. uh, martial arts. Um, and um, what's really um, been great throughout my career is um, I started out as an information systems engineer. So that's what I went to go and study. Um, okay. That doesn't I, sound like a lot of adrenaline. No, that's not a lot of adrenaline. So I'll tell you shortly that's what's going to happen. No one, how are you com- compensating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So... so um, I've always thought that um, I'm going to be a developer, a software developer one day. Um, okay. Went through the whole rigmarole, did C Sharp, and um, you know I can't sit still. So you know I um, I thought I'm not sitting behind a screen for the rest of my life. Um, and I moved on from there. I moved into sort of um, uh, uh, to an IT distribution company where I learned how to pick stock and worked in the warehouse. I moved from there to do repairs and assemblies of of computers, install networks, um, uh, diagnose and troubleshoot networks. Um, um, I used to fix these massive CRT monitors um, uh, as well. And then from there, I started moving into to commercial and into business, being a product specialist um, and, and, and moving up into enterprise solutions and, and, and those sort of things. I've recently also done my postgraduate in business management. So, you know, it's a, it's a continu- continuous sort of learning journey find a lot of um solace in in um uh, in education so uh so yeah it's um we are here today <laughs> excited to be here and uh yeah looking forward to the rest of the session so, so before yeah. we jump in so what yeah. is your current role entail uh so my current role entails um our go-to-market strategy for our cloud and software and solutions business uh within mastic uh so uh, mastic has um, traditionally been a very hardware driven uh distribution business uh we've recently decided to to allocate a lot more funding around the investment of, of, of the cloud and, and, and software and solutions business. Um, it's become an integral part for all businesses at this stage of, of, of the race and in the market. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of heading up that division and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Big task. <laughs> okay, so so let's jump in. Um, I think that was a that was a great intro, um, and it speaks to everything that we're going to talk about today. So um, let's jump in. Um, yeah. I find a lot of times in our in our uh, SME type customers, yeah. you know, these buzzwords aren't really that uh, clear for them. Sure. So how would you explain what the cloud is to somebody? <laughs> yeah, so it, it's really funny. We used to have a sales director um, that. Um, Used to when we spoke about the cloud, he used to go and look outside the window and say, "Well, it looks like a pretty good day for for cloud to sell cloud today, right?" So, um, it's um, you know, if you have to put it in a nutshell, um, in in very layman's terms, the cloud is somebody else's 
else's computer, right? So you are renting somebody else's computer, whether that's compute, storage, uh, or other IT services. It's getting delivered to you remotely, and you pay as you go. I mean, you um, are not uh, sort of uh, laying out any capital to purchase any IT hardware. You are just basically using somebody else's infrastructure um, and paying as you consume. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that's yeah. That's that's a great <laughs> uh, you know basic breakdown of what it is. Yeah. Um, and then. How would you say the cloud has has evolved or changed over the past eighteen twenty four months this pandemic yeah. period that yeah. we experienced? Yeah, so I think we've all heard the joke about um, you know the the biggest um, uh, transformation has come from COVID. The biggest digital transformation has come from COVID, right? So the cloud has evolved um, quite rapidly. Um, it's grown. Um, you, you know, we've we've been seeing double digit growth for the last three years, and it's forecasted to continue on this trend. Okay. Um, it's uh you know the 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 big part of this is really if if we look back at the pandemic where would we be without uh, teams without zoom without google meet um you know it was an enabler for business um at that stage right so um we we see that new devices are connected every single day to the internet um we have also seen some reports this year that our um edge device market has grown by about 30 to 50% so edge device being pcs uh, being like pcs tablets. and smartphones and all of these devices at the edge right uh things that we connect where we consume from the cloud, where we create within the cloud. And, um, you know, this this ultimately feeds back into the cloud in the back end. It creates yeah. more data. It uh, creates a bigger requirement for storage, a bigger requirement for compute. Um, so the cloud is definitely evolving. Um, you know, we can see hyperscalers that are dropping uh, data centers in the ocean now. They're running out of space. They are looking for new ways to, uh, to, to really um, uh, host all of these services and host it closer to the edge, closer to the consumer. Right, um, we're seeing large investments from 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 the hyperscalers in South Africa. There's currently a story. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody has followed the story with uh, Amazon trying to come into South Africa and the new building uh, that they're trying to put up in the in in, in the Cape, and um, it's been met with some fierce opposition <laughs> at this stage. Um, but there's large investment. I mean, we, we can see that it's continuously evolving, and and the trend is to 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 keep on going in that in that way. So so we 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 spoke now about. Our this uh, pandemic speed this up uh, and and I always mm. ask the question if we think about it logically if it if if it makes such sense and mm. it's so logical why did it take a pandemic to to jolt us into that yeah so so there's been a lot of hesitancy right around it and and I think what what a lot of organizations miss maybe um, is um, is the planning um, and and deciding in terms of what you want to move to the cloud it's horses for course it's not everything can go into the cloud and and you know you, you need to think about your 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 current workloads your current applications how your users are accessing them um, it's not a one size fits all um, and and this is really the 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 key importance there the the, the hesitance before uh, the pandemic was really um, you know I could see my equipment is here I um, I can hug it I can give it a kiss every morning Give it a cup of coffee if I really have to I know it's there and I know it's switching on um, But if you have to scale quite rapidly um, Without uh, having to install all of this hardware If it's not already available um, The easiest way to do that is through the cloud right? So um, the pandemic has really forced that hesitancy And forced us into our discomfort zones right? was, was that uh, specifically because, uh, because of lockdowns That hardware wasn't available? Yeah. So, and and also, like I say, it takes a lot of planning, right? So, mm-hmm. so you can't. Uh, 
at a whim uh, decide that this is now all of a sudden uh, the new infrastructure that I require in my environment. Uh, whereas with the cloud, it maybe makes a bit of a difference where you say, well, I, I now require X amount of storage, X amount of compute right now. I need to switch it on, right? So if yeah. it's not readily available and if it's not readily, uh, ready, uh, readily available within your environment, it makes it really difficult to wait for four weeks to get your stock in. I mean, during the pandemic, we saw massive, massive challenges in terms of ETAs, component shortages, not, you know, vendors not being able to manufacture, um, uh, goods. Um, and then the second thing, trying to get it into the country was, was, was another thing, right? So, can, yeah. Can we talk about that? And yeah. I, I don't know if it's, if it's a sensitive <laughs> uh, topic, but, yeah. but, uh, uh, I think those, um, supply challenges still exist mm, today. They do. What yeah. has brought that about? Uh, so, so I think there's a bit of an elastic band effect, right? So, so firstly is, um, um, during COVID, uh, a lot of the factories had to close down. So much like we had social distancing and we had hard lockdowns, these factories had to close down completely. Now, okay. if you are building machines every single day and you've got QA and you've got all of these things that need to be uh, completed, there are still humans involved, even though it's a semi-automated or automated process. There are a lot of humans in the chain. Um, at the height of the pandemic, a lot of these uh, factories were closed down for certain periods or okay. um, they were halved in terms of their capacity of staff, right? Um, and once this was completed, we, we also sort of ran into some resource challenges, uh, not enough water, uh, water scarcity in Taiwan, that sort of thing, you know? And it's a, uh, the, the semiconductor manufacturing um, business requires a lot of water. So, um, without that, uh, you know, you, you, you sort of running into a brick wall. Um, so once we could catch up and once we were over all of these hard lockdowns, the factory started opening up slowly. Then we started running into sort of logistical challenges, moving stock from one country to another country where different lockdowns were imposed in different countries. Oh. So you've got quarantine, you've got, uh, sort of for two weeks that trucks are waiting with stock and cargo in those villages and in those countries and certain uh, uh, um, um, stopover points. So once we <laughs> once once the the stock was shipped, uh, congestion in the harbors, right? So now you've got the sort of this massive rush to get stock into 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 the country. Um, and um, then we heard at some point as well that there was a shortage of containers. Actual containers oh. to ship things in. So, okay. you know, we saw some price increase, increases from a thousand, two thousand dollars per, per container to ten, twelve thousand dollars to per wow. container. So we still seeing some sort of a ripple effect of that, like uh, of, of that, that backlog that, that's, that's, that and that's, that's an 18, 24 months process to work absolutely, out. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we, we've seen some investments from large, uh, multi, multinationals like Intel. They've, um, invested in Arizona, a new semiconductor factory, which Will be manufacturing uh, CPUs, um, but they estimate that they'll only most probably reach like a 70 80 percent yield out of the manufacturing process around end of 2023. So, mm. you know, that still creates a massive backlog because I because yeah. I find that uh, you know, in our daily engagement with customers, uh, yeah. people we know it exists, mm. yes, uh, but but it's almost like people still don't accept it. Like, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you have to be able to make a plan, yeah, and, and and I yeah. think that the, the chip shortage. 
it's affected guys yeah. like yourselves, ice, yes. uh, car, car dealerships, Absolutely. Uh, literally everybody. Absolutely. And who, who takes preference at this point in time, yeah. right? So, um, it's, uh, it's, it really is a reality. We, we also thought at some stage that it's not going to impact us that much, but you know, we saw ETAs move up from sort of like a three, four week standard to about six months, seven months. Okay. Um, and that's really the impact. So it's sort of what you, uh, where, where customers used to say, this is the specification that I'm looking for. A consumer would say, this is what I'm looking for this is my ultimate gaming machine or my work machine or whatever they had to sort of settle for what was available okay yeah. but to me and and to me that comes back to the to the whole uh, d- uh discussion that we we have this discussion repeatedly on the mm. show in terms of um in terms of how important it is for any size business mm. to, to plan properly you know yes. like you, you have to be able to plan for events where where there might be shortages yeah. and stuff like that um so, so I want to go back to something that you said earlier in in terms of the the cloud is not a, a one size fits all, or you or you don't just shift everything mm. into into a public cloud necessarily. Mm. So um, I, I I see our new buzzword is this hybrid type cloud. Yeah. How would you describe that? So I would say hybrid type cloud is um, looking at some of your applications or within your stack and 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 seeing which of those need to reside within your premises or locally and um, which of these services you run with these big hyperscalers um, and um, it really comes down to your policies and your procedures and the type of customers you work with right so um, I'll give you an example maybe of that so um, if you are in the media industry uh, you most probably have a lot of raw data that you're working with and you need um, sort of high access and high access throughput uh, to that data if that's something that's sitting in the cloud and you've got latency, um, you know, that's probably not the, the best fit for, for, for that business. Um, we've got a large workforce. Um, you know, we, we've seen, um, Poppy change our world completely. GDPR has changed it from 2018, I, I believe. Um, and, um, I think that's when it was implemented. But, uh, since the onset of GDPR, we, we could see that compliance and security was most probably one of the largest areas of concern, right? Yeah. So, so how do we comp- Apply to this, and the easiest way to do that is through cloud platforms, right? Um, and um, and and just to manage it, there are still people involved. There are still processes that need to be followed. But can you monitor it? Can you manage it to a certain extent? Yes, you can. Um, so it's really about deciding which of these workloads you want to move. Uh, do you require, uh, uh, like I say, faster throughput to your databases? Is that local thing, or is that something that sits in the cloud? When you do your backups, are you choosing a local provider because sovereignty doesn't allow you to to move it outside of the borders of South Africa or um, uh, you know and, and, and where does your compute sit um, at the end of the day so. and uh, uh, that almost leads me into the mm. into the next question which was a discussion that you and I recently had mm. um, uh, all of those uh, it's, uh, it, it's theoretically if, you know if we if we do it in a nice uh, animated diagram you know mm. we can make the cloud look so much easier mm. but it, it 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 has actually added a lot of complexities because it's it's a lot more difficult to know what the right decision is yeah. so so what has been the impact on on cloud mm. uh of cloud in business yeah yeah, so I think, um, yeah, so we quickly spoke about it's been obviously an enabler for us during the pandemic, right? So that's, that's, that's really important. Um, I think the next thing is, is that, um, you know, we, we've, we now have to be very, very conscious of where our data resides. 
Okay. Um, I think a lot of the data sovereignty has been solved. Um, but uh, at, at some point, you still would need a uh, localized backup of your data workloads, right? So if you've got a rogue administrator that's all of a sudden switching off your uh, uh, um, Microsoft accounts, um, regardless of all the geo-replication and all of these kind of things, you can still lose all of it, right? So you could lose access to your data. So it's very important to have policies in place um, to ensure that these um, uh, um, workloads can be managed properly firstly. Um, I think the other large impact for, for us was really um, uh, the skills retention, right? So um, so, so I think what a lot of people miss is that when, as soon as you sign up for any cloud service, it's not an abdication of your responsibility to manage your, your, your business, right? Um, that's so important. It's, it's super important. And, and, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a really topical discussion at this stage. Um, the environments are becoming more complex, as you correctly say. Um, it requires skills to manage that. So even though you might not have the re- requirements in cloud to actually physically manage your hardware at this point in time, the operation, uh, the management, the compliance still sits squarely, uh, you know, on, on the shoulders of the, the CTO or the CIO or the um, owner of the company, right? So it's really important to understand that these skills are now a requirement where we always used to have sort of generalist uh, IT manager that could manage all of these things because it was just the network work and the phone systems and, uh, you know, sort of your active directory in your email, it now becomes a compliance officer. It becomes a chief security officer. It becomes, you know, um, uh, we <laughs> patch Tuesdays used to be only a one day thing. But um, I think a lot of companies <laughs> would agree yeah. that this has now become a weekly exercise. It's not just a, a Tuesday anymore. So yeah. even yeah. though everything is released on a Tuesday, uh, it, it could take up to a week, depending on the size of your teams, to actually um, uh, patch all of your services, patch your devices, make sure that you're up to date, make sure that you're not leaving any security gaps. Having a security professional that sits, um, monitors the common vulnerability databases every single day, it's... Um, it's really um, it's become jobs within itself, and it's split out uh, completely due to the complexity of, of 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 these things, right? And and then and then the other thing in terms of those skills is yeah. in South Africa, there's not a lot around. Yeah, so so I wouldn't say there isn't a lot around, but I think the skills are moving around quite a lot, right? Okay. So 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 this global economy, um, you know, if we think physical borders are quite porous, um, you know, virtual borders are even more porous, right? Yes, so sure. we um, we've got people that can work from home remotely now, right? We we see that this hybrid working model is most probably something that's going to continue into the future. We look at rising oil prices uh, due to this Ukraine uh, uh, Russia conflict, where connectivity might become more. Valuable valuable than your car, you, you know. Um, but but the point is, is that skills, are, it's now sort of a, a skills economy where a IT administrator or a database administrator, Azure portal administrator, AWS administrator now can sit and choose to their liking where they want to work and where uh, physically and virtually where they want to work, right? So, so you can live in South Africa but work, work in anywhere America in the world. Yeah, yeah, and at their salary. Right. Okay. So, and, and, and this is the difference, right? So, so, so we are constantly being met with this challenge of, of retaining staff. Okay. And when I say we, I, I speak as a collective or maybe industry, as a, yes. as an industry. Um, it's very sought after skills. Um, and, um, the complexity thereof is, is, is forcing specialization for every single one of these people. Um, and, um, you know, 
as soon as you get certified, all of a sudden you get noticed by um, uh, by the by the large overseas corporates, and um, it's really difficult. You know, we we've invested in a training center most probably about uh, five years ago, um, and um, we've we've done exceptionally well to bring uh, um, uh, sort of. Um, uh, uh, um, like graduates, yeah, like graduates through there, and, and 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 giving them like technical skills around their uh, IT and 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 so forth. And um, you know, it's it's sort of like a springboard where they start getting experience, and once they get mm. experience and more certifications, it's they move on happen. to the next yeah. thing, right? So, so which is great on the one end, but on the other end, you know, if you're a big organization, you most probably need to retain those skills as much as you can um, to ensure that your policies and processes are running. Yeah. And then, I mean, I think that this. Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about the pandemic the whole time, but I mean, the, mm. there's also the talk about the great res- resignation. So everybody yeah. wants to make a makes a, make a change in their life and yes. go live in a different town. And, yes. and uh, you know, like you say, maybe uh, the easiest thing is probably to change your job if you have skills. Yes, absolutely. So um, and and I just uh, you know, because always when you have these these conversations, I always sit and think about our SME type customers. You know, mm. typically typically the organisation is of such a nature mm. that um, they. They don't have dedicated in-house IT resource. You know, they they normally uh, make use of a third party. And I always sit and think, you know, how do you as a my, my example on, mm. on 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 the podcast always? Uh, I'm I'm Gert and I and I'm I have an accounting practice in Centurion. Yes. So I do books for people. Yeah. How do I know if somebody comes and says hyperscale cloud this yeah. that, this that? And in uh, mm. uh, you know if that talent in that company that I entrusted changes mm. how do I ensure that continuity because I might be I might find myself in the cloud and that might not be the place where I want to be yeah you know, I'm not sure yeah. so it's very difficult to to navigate so yeah. what should a business consider when they when mm. they look to the cloud yeah so I think that list grows every single day um, I think you know we've spoken a little bit about compliance and regulation I think that's the first thing the second thing is security so you know we um, I know a lot of the myths have been busted around um, um, cloud security and that it's maybe not as secure Um you know, there's continuous work that's been done in the cloud for 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 security, but there is one uh, sort of nuance there, and that's um, your internal configuration of your hardware, right? So where you are in charge of your own hardware, you're in charge of your own software and your platforms. Um, it does create some sort of comfort for a, an IT team um, when they're diagnosing. You know, there's time differences with all of these um, um, uh, cloud vendors, and um, it's sometimes quite difficult to get up and running again once you start diagnosing a problem or if there is a problem. So, so you know, that's sort of security. Your availability um, in, in terms of where you want to access your data from, your services. Um, your uh, um, uh, the speed at what you need to access. I mean, we spoke about it quickly uh, around a media company. You know, you you need to consider these kind of things. Do you need large amount of storage? Do you need fast storage? Um, uh, do you need a backup? Do you need um, and and by the way, the answer to do you need a backup always is yes. yes. <laughs> the answer is always yes. Well, 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 yeah. one, of the, one of the biggest myths for me is, is people think yeah. because they sit in a in a large uh, hyperscaler, so yeah. the likes of uh, Azure or AWS yes. or Google Cloud. Yeah. They just think, oh well, it's these international companies. 
company, surely they're just going to take care of all of it. Yes. Um, uh, and we know there's local examples where yes. people sat at large service on large service provider mm. virtualized infrastructure. Yes. And uh, it fell over, and the, the customer didn't have a backup. And now he's saying, "Yeah, but it's it's actually not my fault." But absolutely, it's like, it's like you say, there's a, there's a lot of myths around it. Yeah, and and you know what's quite funny is I'm, I I speak to family, I speak to friends that say, "Oh, don't worry, I've got my stuff in I don't know in Google Drive, or I've got my stuff." You know, that's a sync location. So if you delete on the one end, it deletes on the other end. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Unless you know how to set it up. <laughs> but the point is, so it's actually a sync location. A backup means that it's somewhere safe. You can't touch it. If I do something here today, I'm not deleting it over there. Right. So okay. um, it's extremely important to have that in place. And then, you know, the other thing to, to remember is that there are costs involved. Okay. Moving into the cloud and moving out of the cloud. There are migration costs. Um, it's not a, a, a one day decision. It's not a, a overnight decision to just quickly switch on in, into the cloud and then move back out if it doesn't work. A lot of planning needs to take place. Um, and it's really important to understand that, uh, as businesses evolve and, and, and as uh, compliance and regulations evolve, these uh, pendulum swings are taken into the hyperscalers back into private over into hybrid and back again into, in, into, to the hyperscalers. So it, it's very important to, to understand um, your business, uh, to understand uh, uh, who the players are in the market and who you can work with um, that have the skill sets um, in, 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 in that and, space. And the other thing that I'm sitting thinking while we're having this discussion, I, I think, uh, you know, as f- from a business owner perspective, uh, we mm-hmm. try and abdicate the technical responsibility say, yeah, I'm not technical, so mm. I don't understand any of that. Yeah. Um, but but I think one of the the things that that I never see people ask, mm. you know, so they'll they'll talk about costs mm. and what am I going to gain and what's the mm. benefits. Yeah. Um, I've I've not seen a customer to say what's the risks. What yes. can go wrong here for me? Yes. Um, that can that can end up making this a bad decision. Uh, yeah. It's almost like we're just turning a blind eye to it and say, yeah, but you you never told me, so it's yes. not my fault. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know what? If you look at regulations like Poppy at this point in time, you can't abdicate that responsibility anymore. Um, you know, there's um, there's there's an immense amount of pressure uh, to the chief in charge. Um, you know, to, uh, to ensure that staff are aware, to ensure that systems are in place, to ensure that competent people are in place. Uh, and to that's really regardless of the size of your business. Absolutely. That's irrespective. Um, tell me, JP, we spoke about now the, the, the large hyperscalers. Um, mm. but there's also, there's also companies in South Africa that, that have gone and built their own virtualized clouds. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and there are quite a few of them, actually. They've seen the gap in the market. Um, and I think, you know, we spoke about it earlier around data sovereignty. Um, we've seen local players in the market that have built their spaces and it's a very, um, uh, um, the incentive is there for, for businesses to move to, to, to local cloud providers. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about the, the service, the consultation, um, ensuring that you've got a space, um, and you are, um, when you look at these local providers, many of them also don't really have the risks of load shedding that every other business has, right? So it's a very real thing in, in our country. We've accepted it. We're learning to live with it. But what's really um, uh, important to understand that as, as a small business, when you go down <laughs> and when you're off, what does it cost you per minute, per hour, per day, okay? Can you invoice? Can't you invoice when your systems are offline, Okay. And those are the things to really um, understand. And, and a lot of these local providers sort of uh, mitigate those risks for, 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 um, um, uh, for the smaller, smaller businesses. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. 
And then uh, maybe maybe a bit of a personal opinion from mm. your perspective. So um, th- there's lots of changes in the in this uh, cloud world. Some mm. of them that I don't even understand. You know, there's <laughs> all of this talk about big data and containers yeah. and AI and all that yeah. type of stuff. What's your what 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 does the near future of the cloud in South Africa look like according to you? I think um large scale a larger scale adoption I think is 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 one of the things I think we 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 can't deny the fact that more and more organizations are moving into the cloud regardless of what that setup is whether that's private hybrid or or, or public um I think uh more security breaches um you know it's becoming a massive attack surface we're seeing a lot of the hyperscalers now uh, in the news uh for um for breaches um I think also that there's a there's a massive um, there's going to be a massive growth in um, AI related attacks, right? So and that's what we're seeing right now is um, you know AI can adapt the 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 attack surface and 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 the methodology of the attacks a lot quicker than humans can. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, and that's why defensive strategies with AI has been built into a lot of security vendors as well. But going forward, I think more internet will be required, more connectivity will be required. Um, you know, we're entering the age of the internet of everything. Uh, that's also a new term that's been thrown around maybe for the last year or so, um, where every single device is connected to the internet, okay, which creates more attack surfaces. Yeah. Um, and it generates more data, and, and that's really important. I mean, I, I watched a documentary not too long ago about where they say when a baby, by the time that they're one year old right now, they've generated almost 10 gigs worth of data, okay? Wow. And you know, if I had to think back when, when I was a year old, I can't remember when I was a year old, but I, what I can remember from that day is two photos that I have up until the time that I'm about five years old. Okay. I've got two photos of myself. I look at my son right now. He's got about 10,000 photos already. Um, and he's not even four years old. Right. So, um, it's extremely, um, uh, um, exciting. I think in the one end, um, uh, the other side is it's quite scary because we're moving more and more things into the cloud. It's, it's uncertain for, for a lot of people. Um, but with that comes a lot of innovation, um, a lot of opportunity and excitement. So, um, I think, um, going forward, we'll just see more growth. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think, I think based on all the stats that I've also seen, uh, I think the, the, the reality, mm. I, I don't think the cloud is a, is a, uh, dare I say pie in the sky topic anymore. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's a real thing. And I, and I think, um, mm. that in international vendors, not, mm. not the, not the cloud providers, mm. software providers, all of those type mm. of things will drive how that, how that, uh, uh, future progresses basically. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we can still see the, 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 the most consumption right now is under software as a service. So those are things like your productivity apps and things like that, that, you know, oh. infrastructure platform that's growing. It is still growing. It's growing in double digits, but it's not, it's not really the size of the software as a service industry at this stage. Okay. So, um, so yeah, we're looking forward to, to, to the next few years. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> I wish we had more time, but I think we definitely gonna, we definitely gonna have a follow-up one of these days thank you Yaku thank you great to be here I appreciate it thanks for listening to Unbundled brought to you by Catalytic a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business remember you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website and for added convenience you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Spotify Google or wherever you listen And if you're looking for help with your communications tools in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.